Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm Matt, and I uh, I like these two guys, I think. We're going to see how this goes. <laughs> and this <laughs> is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Deck the Hallmark, it's his podcast. Brandon and friends host his podcast. We hope you like this jolly podcast. Oh, boy. Wow. We did it. Wow. Yeah, we did. Wow. Matt Cohen in the house. Matt Cohen in the house. Voted uh, best entertainment tonight host ever to appear on Deck the Hallmark. Wow. Which is quite, I mean, that is, you're in rarefied air there, sir. Yes, I am in I am in rarefied air, and I also before we get too deep into anything about me, let's just stop and pause on this theme song that you guys have created for a second. Now, is this being released as a as a single or what? You guys got a music deal? You um, know, uh, if you can believe it, I think people would riot if they had to listen to it more than they already do. So, and also, Matt, you you would this would be hard for you to imagine, but uh, we've never been interviewed on an episode, which is great. Uh, that was one take. That was one take. We really? did that song, if you can believe it. Um, so when you're good. You're good. I know it sounds like a lot went into it, but that yeah. was a one take, boy. If you can believe it. That's impressive, and you make a lot of TV directors really happy with that skill set being able to move along. That's that right. Path. That's, That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. We're, we are uh, so appreciative. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, but I think we have to start at the beginning of time. What are your thoughts on creation? Uh, but also, um, tell us about uh, you. Where'd you, where, where'd you come from, uh, and what were you like as a kid? How'd you get into acting? Well, you know, speaking of creation, is a, is a talk I have to leave up to your parents because I don't want to get into it too deep here. More than fair. Um, what do you I, tell kids? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Um, I, you know what? Believe it or not, guys, I, I came up in anything but acting. I, I, I was in high school in South Florida and Miami, and I, I took an acting class. But I took an acting class because I was a football player. Football players had to take a class to get an easy grade at some point. So I thought, oh, acting, uh, it'll be an easy grade. I'll be able to phone it in. I got in this class and I started reciting hip hop monologues yeah. in spoken word form because every Friday we had to deliver a monologue. And the teacher pulls me pulls me aside one day and he's like, "What is this stuff?" And I tell him, "I'm like, oh, this is DMX's album. <laughs> you know, yes. this, is the rough, this is the Rough Riders anthem. Actually, y'all gonna make um, me lose my mind." <laughs> <laughs> Up in here, and and I told him, oh, let me close that out. And I told him, I was like, "This is what I can remember comfortably, and then try and attempt to perform it in front of you guys." And he's like, "It's really good." He's like, "Rooted and make it mean something." And I was like, "Wait, make it mean something?" And then that was it. I was kind of interested in acting from that point forward, but wow. it was. It was literally a hip hop verse from DMX that kind of got me into it. And then, you know, I took it in high school and then I went to Florida State University where I tried to do basic, you know, beginners kind of acting classes. And I was I wasn't really accepted being kind of Joe Jock, the football guy walking into the class. You know, they again probably thought I was there for an easy grade or whatever, which it never was. It's never an easy Did you grade. play football at Florida State. I tried to walk on to play fo- football at Florida State. Well, and then Bobby I realized, Bowden's still there at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby wow. Bowden's still there. The great Bobby Bowden and the great Florida State football program, which I quickly realized that at 155 pounds, a four, <laughs> a four six five forty is not going to cut it when the linemen are running just as fast as you. So I didn't, I didn't pursue that dream. And three years later, as a as a third year freshman, I decided I'm going to go to Los Angeles and try acting. And here we are. What wow. position were you at, at 155 pounds? Wide receiver. 
no funny enough i played monster safety so like in a four <laughs> a four four i would come up as an outside linebacker at 155 pounds and twice my senior year i was knocked unconscious on the field like i was a, a hard-hitting guy but i was so small that i took the grunt of everything yeah, you're throwing your whole body at someone at that yeah. point i actually knocked a molar out one time hitting a guy on a punt return a, a monster linebacker in my <laughs> Yeah. Wow. You yeah. provided all of the momentum there. and it, All of it. All of it. Well, Man. now I know people are here to listen to football talk. Uh, but what, like, if your kid wants to play football, are you down? Are you down for that? Or having done it and seeing how things have progressed also, where are you at on that? You know, we know too much now. We know yeah. how very valuable and how very sensitive the brain is. And not only did I do, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years of, of really intense football, I then became an actor. And five years into acting, I opened a boxing gym. And I did about five years of heavy sparring with guys that were pro and semi-pro because I enjoyed it. And I related it to acting in such a ways. But to, to answer your question, no, my kid won't be playing football. And it breaks my heart to even say that out loud. Like, yeah. I'm not going to let my kid go do the thing that taught me every lesson I know of success mm. to this day, work ethic, teamwork, discipline, just whatever your, your, your self drive and all these different things. No, he's got to learn it other ways. So we're soccer, basketball, baseball, and those things come with risks as well. You know what I'm saying? Like soccer, the head butts are, are messing guys up basketball. You're getting elbows to the face and broken noses and broken, you know, everything's dangerous. Football is just a hundred car accidents in four hours. Dangerous, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Matt, I can tell you this. I'm in the same boat you are, but I'm a, we're from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm a big Clemson fan. I went to the first Bowden bowl ever, the oh, wow. uh, Tommy Bowden, Bobby Bowden. So I was like, a, you were probably a senior in high, like you and I are about the same age. So yeah. like you were like that, that was all my wheelhouse time. And I hate that my kids aren't going to get the opportunity to play, but you everything you said is 100% right in my opinion. Yeah. So I love yeah. it. We can do football talk with Matt next time. Yeah, we'll do I guess time. we could do we'll acting do today. <laughs> if you have to. So you go out to Los Angeles. Are you, are you bartending, waiting tables to get auditions? What are we doing? We're doing all those things. You know what I'm saying? You're doing whatever. You know, my dad sent me out here with uh, he, I sold my car in Florida. He helped me get a Ford Focus shipped out here. I was driving yeah. a Ford Focus and he gave me a a, two, uh, a shell gas card that had two hundred dollars a month limit on it. And I would eat three meals and gas from the shell gas station. Yes. That's how I, I survived. And then. You know, I started auditioning rather quick. You know, I, I got a manager that I met in Miami and she was like, look, I can get you some auditions. You got a good face for this, that and the other thing. I was like, all right, great. And I was so terrible. Like I was so <laughs> terrible at auditioning. I didn't know what I was doing. You're like a guy that's yeah. a football player. And so like you read some lines and you grab the paper and you're like, I love you. <laughs> is this not, is that good? Is that, did, that, did you buy it? Was that, you know, you don't know what you're doing. I, I had practice something that I'd done before, which I was told was acting, which was reciting verses of music um, because I could memorize it easily. And now I'm being thrown into a place where you have to react to all the real emotions in front of your face and attach to them and make them mean something and develop a backstory. And so I had to learn something. So I got into class with a guy and 10 months after being in class, I booked my first show and I had my first on-screen kiss. And then three years later, I married that same girl. So wow. what? Yeah. Whoa, we got so, so much here that, that I could, we, we got so many rabbit trails. Yes. I need a memorably bad audition story first though. Like one okay. where you were just like, yeah, this is the one that, that I could not have done, done worse than okay. this. Here's a memorably bad audition story. And, and it's more memorably bad internally for me because I ended up getting the job. But wow. I, I 
So I walk into an audition for the OC. Do we all remember the OC? The OC, don't call it that, yeah. Yeah, beautiful people (laughs) saying, talking about beautiful things that none of us will ever really understand, but we can't take our eyes off. Peter Gallagher, though. Peter Gallagher is a national treasure. National national treasure. treasure. I mean, his hair alone is a national treasure. Yes, exactly. Um, so I go into this audition. There's like five very handsome fellows with abs in front of me waiting for their, their chance to go. And I'm the guy with the, you know, I got like one or two abs, but I'm just trying to fit in. So I bought the ex- expensive Abercrombie and Fitch uh, jeans at the time. Yeah. They were like 60, 70 bucks, which was unheard of to spend on jeans. I always bought jeans from the thrift store. It's a lot of shell gas station snacks that's right, right there. That's right. That's understand my sacrifice, gentlemen. That's right. Understand. Yeah. There's only so many triangular box sandwiches you can go without from Shell, you know? Right. right. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm in there in the audition and I'm like nervous. So I'm like the a classic uh, nervous actor move is, can I have the key to the bathroom? You go in the bathroom, you say your lines in the mirror, you pee, you do whatever you have to do. And then I come out of the bathroom and the door closes behind me and hooks the back pocket of my pants, exposing an entire now gentlemen i know we're dealing with hallmark and the listeners and i don't mean to offend anybody you you. But, but my commando situation was exposed from the rear and there was one giant white matt cohen butt cheek hanging out <laughs> my face melted red turned into lava like your t-shirt and i'm just like oh my gosh like i really thought oh, okay here i'm not to OC. i got this opportunity i know my lines i'm prepared now i got my whole butt exposed so i kind of <laughs> slide down the hallway, like back and away and grab a piece of paper from the copy machine and a stapler. I go back into the bathroom, turn around and I staple the paper inside my pants to cover up the whole patch. No. So it's like, if this is the middle of your butt, your butt crack, it's like this whole pocket ripped off. And now if you're watching on Philo TV, I need to interrupt you. Philo.tv slash DJH. You're getting a full diagram from yeah, yeah, Matt Cohen yeah, yeah. right this now. This is beautiful. Which is I beautiful. love. Go ahead. Keep going, man. He came prepared. Yeah. Listen, but track diagrams with Matt Cohen, everybody. Go ahead. There are some embarrassing stories out there. And and so I I stapled his paper to the back of my pants. I then stapled my pants to this paper so my 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 butt is not exposed <laughs> to everybody. I, I go in, I don't sit down, I stand where my seat is in front of it because I'm scared to sit down and rip the paper again, which is like a noise, yeah. and then everybody would be looking at it. And so I get in the room, I do the thing, I'm so nervous, and whatever, the words come out, I get to the car, I call my manager, I'm like, you'll never believe what happened. She's like, I gotta go, the phone's ringing. She hangs up, she calls me back in 10 minutes, she's like, they, they're they booking you on this, they're put, they put a pin, on, pin in you, is what they call ah. it, you know? So there you have it. And so paper. how in the world did can, you? Can I get just really, that role? really hold on, really quick? You go commando wearing jeans? No, it was an Abercrombie situation, right? I see. There was <laughs> there was a time. It's required if you wear Abercrombie. I see. Yeah, you can't wear underwear. I was Sorry, asking those dumb questions. Listen, have you not seen these men that used to stand outside of Abercrombie with yes. jeans on, with muscles coming out of places we That's can't right. talk about? Yeah. I was trying to yeah. be that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are you going to show your obliques off? That's <laughs> so stupid of me. He's so, so dumb, Matt. He's just not bright. I'm sorry, we'll everybody. Him. We'll teach him. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I'll take the next two plays so, off. So how did you? How did you manage to book this thing? Like, I were you just know. so preoccupied with the paper coming out of your butt that you just knew that, like, you just couldn't do anything but say the lines correctly? You think? Yeah. 
here's a little bit of kind of inside baseball. So like when actors get stuck on their words and they're stuck on themselves and they're thinking about a sentence they can't remember rather than thinking about the emotion or the, the moment that's happening, sometimes acting teachers will put something, let's say like a acorn in your shoe so that when that's in your shoe, you're, feel, you're thinking about the thing that's in your shoe and you're just saying the words rather than thinking about the words and then, you know, making it into this whole thing. And so- yeah. To think about just the tear in my pants <laughs> and my, my rear end exposed took me out of whatever nervous emotions I might have about the fact that I'm in a room with five executive producers and they're judging me on my face and my look and my that takes you away from that. And you're just like, hold on, I'm jumping off this bridge and holding on to my pants as tight as possible. And I'm going to spend this one minute just doing it and bye. Wow. And yeah. And it's just, you know, you get through it one way or another, you know, you take your mind off one, one, um, you know, overwhelming emotion and put it on another thing. It helps. Right. It's like if your kid's getting a, a shot in the arm, you know, the guy's mm -hmm. tapping his leg or pinching his leg. You know, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, and you still put you still put paper in your pants at auditions to this day? Is that right? Only the ones I book. Only for that's right. Yeah, that's right. Did you, you back out of the room after that? Did you back out of the room or did you turn around and walk out? No, no, I backed out of the room <laughs> as if, as if like the note was from my manager to never break eye contact. And I was like, all right, I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> so you get this part. I got to go to the next thing. You get this part and you, you have an on-screen kiss and the first person you kiss on screen, you marry them. Wow. Yes. What did tell me what role was that? And, so and that story, my first ever acting role was so the OC was like my second acting role. The first thing I ever got was a series regular role on a on a at the time the network was called the N. It's now called Noggin, but it's like an arm of Nickelodeon MTV. They were trying to do like teen dramas for a while. So right. I got cast on this sh uh, show called South of Nowhere across from a couple of actresses. One was named Mandy Musgrave. And um, I was like her best friend in this show. But she was invested in this new girl that came to town they she was deciding like i don't know if i may be gay or I, or I may not be gay she was like doing that and i was her best friend through it that girl and i fell in love in real life but we shared in the in the very first series of uh, tv i ever did we shared our first um on-screen kiss she was my very first kiss in hollywood my very first kind of co-star best friend in hollywood and yeah we've been married 16 years now together wow 18. How, tell me um, unbelievable tell me about kissing on screen i'm it's never gonna happen for me uh, i'll be honest um <laughs> but we've done uh, create how the world was created right now we're gonna ask him to talk about but, this like, is good stuff. but like what what's what's politically on the spectrum matt if you were to, <laughs> <laughs> that's the name that's gonna be the name of my uh, autobiography by the way <laughs> Kissing on screen, though, I imagine it's uh, it's 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 daunting. But especially early on in your career, was that like what was it like going to work that day, knowing that you had to do this? So you never. Oh, well, I I was very excited till I found sure. out years later that the my beautiful co-star now wife Mandy Musgrave kissed me in a rehearsal and was like, all the attraction she ever felt towards me immediately flooded out of her body because I was such a bad kisser. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Matt is telling all kinds of great stories. Yeah, so man. you had to learn to be had some work to do as a kisser, is what well, you're saying. Thing. 
on screen, you're nervous, right? So like even your lips are tight, your face is a little tight. You want to get comfortable, especially on your first project, your first on-screen kiss with yeah. five cameras and 50 crew members around you right. in the middle of a, a high school quad lunch trying to be romantic, you know, like it's really, it's really strange. And so when I kissed her, I was stiff lift. I gave her like the tough, like, like, you know, you oh, kiss your right. on the cheek type of kiss. And um, I had to learn that like, you have to kiss on camera somewhat like you kiss in real life or everybody at home is going to go like, why is he kissing like that on camera? Not like, listen, we deal with Hallmark fans all the time and they, they, and we as well, 100% are analyzing the kiss. That's right. It's the big moment in the Hallmark. We group. have a saying around here, kissing big kissing ones. Big if, there, ones. If, there's right. a, if there's a good kiss, you got to call it out. That's right. And it's not every movie. Yeah. It's, it's most movies are not kissing big. Hallmark ones, fans know the bad kissers too. Oh, they yeah. know the kissers that don't do a good job. They have yeah. the na the names, and you'll you'll hear about it all the time. I won't call any out right now. You're gonna do it. You know, no, top not. top five worst Hallmark kissers. I will. Do, I would not. <laughs> no. No, no, no. You know what? We'd love to have them on our show. Please yeah, come, yeah, join. Yeah, come, come, come join. I'll tell you. I'll tell you real quick another terrible kiss story that actually happened on a Hallmark movie, and it can only be one because this is my second one. So holiday date. I was wor working with this lovely actress named Brittany and Brittany Bristow has been on the show we love big fan. she big is fan. wonderful we love brit yes we do and she's a seasoned professional and we were working together on this movie and it came time for the big moment right and it's directed by jeff beasley fantastic uh, canadian guy and and he's like all right so like you guys don't have to kiss in the rehearsal right just gotta like lean in let's make sure the camera angles are right and blah 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 And we do it a couple times and we did it like four or five times because he had this real slow-mo camera push or whatever it was and so it comes time for the take, right? We're doing the moment, you know, the, the angle's tight on me and it's tight on her and I'm, I'm feeling all the things, right? I'm getting lost in the acting work. I'm, I'm holding the girl's hand and I'm about to take the ring out and say, I like your family and whatever, and then finish with the kiss. I'm so consumed with all these actor moments that I'm feeling, it comes time for the kiss. I look at her and forget that it's the take and not a rehearsal and I'm feeling all these emotions and I lean in right to her face like i'm gonna kiss her and like a rehearsal i go right around her with a hug <laughs> and the director goes dude this is the take and i go oh my gosh i'm so sorry and he goes matt i have to admit i've never seen a better take blown by a forgotten moment <laughs> in my entire life and everybody's laughing everybody's waiting like like as if you're watching the movie her and i are gonna kiss for the first time and then I hug her like she's my bro, and we just had a video game battle. <laughs> yeah, video game battle, classic. Man, that's fantastic. Yeah, that is great. That is I got to hear Brittany's version of that story, too, because I'm sure she's got a great version. I'm sure of she does. Man. Um, let's talk about a large part of your career, which is General Hospital. Uh, yeah. Tell us about how you got that gig, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Let's start there. Well... I had done everything else in Hollywood. And then um, that that wonderful first time kiss woman I was talking about earlier, my now wife, Mandy Musgrave, she became pregnant and I wanted to stay in town as much as possible. I had since before that been traveling for conventions for shows and working for shows all over. I wanted to stay in town. The opportunity to audition came up for General Hospital. I went in and I had a good time doing it. And I really didn't know what the role was, right? They they auditioned me as a con contract player, but like with somebody else's kind of pre-written lines with different names. I don't think they knew exactly where the character was going. So I booked, this, I booked this audition and I get to the set and they go, hey, all right, so here's your character. 
you're a neurosurgeon and a priest. And yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Why, why both? Doesn't matter. We're doing because, it. <laughs> why both? I'm going to answer that because soap operas. That's, yeah, that's why right. both. Um, And so whatever I got there and I got I bit off a lot more than I could chew because I wasn't a guy that was super familiar with Bible verses or neuroscience. Um, (laughs) You know, it was it was there wasn't like a DMX cover artist they could have pulled out there. (laughs) They got me. They've got me literal, literally delivering medical like death sentence while also <laughs> delivering last rites to a patient in a scene in a monologue going back. I can't even I couldn't say one line that I said from that show because it was just it was so hard to stick it into my head for so long. What's the weirdest? What's the craziest plot line for your character in General Hospital? Um, a lady poisoned me and then brought me back to life as my father what with no shirt on the whole time (laughs) so you still look the same but you're now possessed by her father or your father yes (laughs) yes my father did you talk any differently any deeper or you just did the same bit so the way we filmed it was i was just saying the dialogue that that character would say as myself because the (laughs) audience the audience is supposed to think they're just seeing me but she's seeing the father. So when it cuts to like her perspective, seeing me, it was actually the older actor like, okay. Okay. who had a British accent and didn't talk like me. Man, that's I don't know, a day's why, work I don't right know why I don't watch soap operas. Yeah, every time I, every time I hear these stories, I'm like, I got to get on this train. It's They're never not fun. interesting. They are right. never not right. interesting. That's the thing. You'll turn it on and you'll be like, I'm not. Why? Wait a minute. What? What's happening here? <laughs> well, we talked to some Hallmark actors that were on soap operas, and they'll be like, you know, Hallmark movies say they move fast with like this many pages of dialogue in a day. And for everybody that hasn't done soap operas, it's like advanced placement but for soap opera people it's like oh only 15 pages today easy like you know what i mean like you guys are chewing through dialogue do you prefer that or do you prefer like a like more of like a open and close character arc it's done 15 days all in all done we'll see you you know there's 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 a gift and a curse of both of them you know the way hallmark movies work to me is easy i love the shoot we make our days we get our dialogue done now that being said they're not light days on on this movie made for each other there was a day where i did 4 minutes basically 4 minutes of stand up comedy on a stage i'm not a comedian that's not my specialty <laughs> Um, I did four minutes of stand-up comedy, which the director and Maddie Finocchio, one of the other stars of the movie, rewrote three minutes before I had to start. Dude. So, you know, like you like those moments because it's spontaneous and the guy's like, I'm going to give you this information, say this joke like this, get it out. It happens. The director's like, boom, it's great, organic. <laughs> but then it's gone, right? And so like in a, a soap opera, you're you really – it's become so method because you're living – in the character it's a it's a serial show it's continuous the story's constantly going this drama is heavy drama is constantly existing and the problem with it is it's fun to play that continuously but the problem is the line between your real life and that life does get blurred you're like you start to stress over stuff your character's stressing about at home you know and so it gets overwhelming i mean there were days i did 75 pages of dialogue uh in a day um Wow, you know, that's a crazy amount. It's I tough. Sometimes you wake up and yeah. you're like, "Am I my dad? That's I right. don't know." You go home like, and you're sitting around the family dinner table. And you're like, "I'm worried you're going to poison me." <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to come back as my father. Yeah, 
I know it's crazy, but like you'll pull it in to your, I, I will start arguing with my wife about like, uh, you know, whatever we're arguing about something. And I'll say a line that I said on general hospital. I'll be like, I Hold. have to retract to this argument. I, I just lost it. Can, can I get one more? Can I get one more? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I get oh one my. more? Dude. So you, I, I do want to talk about homework and holiday date, but I also want to talk about entertainment tonight. And based yeah. upon at least timeline, you did holiday date and then you got entertainment tonight after that. And that, and entertainment tonight is a gig in town and it's probably just days, probably great for a family, probably a great gig for a family. How'd you go about getting that gig? You know, they, they, funny enough, our executive producer, Aaron Johnson actually saw me on stage, um, doing standup comedy. <laughs> no, not that. Really brought me in. Um, and she saw me on stage at a convention, I think for General Hospital or Supernatural or something. And they just, you know, those things, they hand you a microphone. You got 45 minutes of unprepared dad jokes, basically. You're just hoping to entertain an audience. And you do. You try to do whatever you can. You have a good time. They pitch you questions, some that are uh, unlawfully inappropriate, some that are funny, you know, and you deal with those moments. She saw me dealing with that with the microphone in my hand and brought me in. And I guess thought I could kind of do that with with celebrities. And I said, look. I don't know what I can or can't do. Just give me a microphone and try me. Let me just see before we decide anything. And we never look back. I've been doing it ever since. And I've talked with some of the biggest stars in town. And, you know, I've built some really cool friendships. And I've had some uh, some some chance meetings through entertainment tonight that are life changing. You know, you sit down with Spielberg or Jerry oh, Buckheimer. Wow. And these guys are talking to you like me and like like we're talking right now, like a couple of guys that are man. You're looking across from the guy that made E.T. Like, dude, just major. It's major. And when he tells you a piece of advice or he goes, hey, man, you're really good at your job. I like the way you ask questions or what do you what do you, what else? You know, like it just means a lot to yeah. me. I like me that that admires the greats in Hollywood, the the true guys that and girls that have done awesomeness and, and stayed out of the headlines and just been here to do something cool. It's yeah. it's amazing to meet them. Jerry Bruckheimer too is a is exceptional human being. Boz Lerman from Elvis. I sat down yeah. with him mm -hmm. wife. This is a once in a lifetime experience that I'm so grateful. Et you know gives me that chance. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you're still current. You, that that is your daytime gig right now. Yeah, Are I'm going you, to film but, a show as soon as we're done with this. I'm going to film their weekend show right after that, which you know airs this weekend. And and it know, says you're out. still active on General Hospital. Is that accurate? Um. I'm still active in a way that they brought me back once or twice for some episodes. And then there's mention of me constantly. And they have me like, you know, like I, like I send a text message or something, but I've talked with Frank Valentini about making a, you know, a reappearance at some point. I'm always open to it. I, I truly love those people on that show. Those actors became very, very close <clears> to me <throat> for several reasons. Um, but, but I'm, I, you know, who doesn't want to go back and die a couple times and become other people? Come on. I mean, yeah. yeah. How many times have you died? Have you died? Have you died? He, he poisoned. Died. He died right. Po dad. But, yeah. but yeah. Okay. Well, listen, on Supernatural, I died twice and came back as two different people. And that's not a soap opera, right? Yeah, I died. You were only on that show for three episodes. So like three that. episodes. <laughs> and I got, it was the first show I ever directed in, you know, in primetime television. It's that show I owe a lot to just like General Hospital, just like South of Nowhere. You know, the shows that I've been part of in Hollywood have really gifted me a, a wife and a life, uh, you know, a, a chance to be a director and a, a recurring actor and see the world through conventions and general hospital, a training ground that actors, you know, pray that they get an opportunity to be paid to train your and, and sharpen your skill set. I mean, that's, those are remarkable jobs, you know, in the Shondaverse as well, four episodes and how, how to get away with murder. 
which is Viola working, you know, with Viola Davis and that, and that cast, you know, that's the woman King fellas. I don't right. know. Yes. If you know. Oh, dude, that movie was great. So good. Just and now, it. And now she's a, what do we call a Viola now? She's a EGOT Emmy. Yes. Grammy, EGOT. She's got them all. Yep. I yeah. just feel lucky that I was able to share the same craft service table as her. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like it's, it's incredible. And, and, you know, not to mention the the younger talent on that show that I worked with was exceptional. And Viola brings that out of everybody that steps in her presence. It's she's she's more than special. Like she's she's a really when you talk about a national treasure, women like Viola Davis change the entire landscape of Hollywood and the country. Like she's very powerful lady. Unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk Hallmark? Let's talk Hallmark. Uh, you're, for, you're, you're about to do your second movie. It's about to premiere. We'll talk about that. But let's talk about Holiday first. Uh, bad, bad Miss Kiss and all. Um, tell, tell us about how you got that gig, how the relationship with Hallmark uh, started originally. And that's a fun movie, which we're. Well, it's, it, that was a question I have for him, which is it's a polarizing movie, Matt, because it's it's not it's it's weird screwball comedy right. on Hallmark, which right. in 2019 was like a foreign language on yeah. that network. And yeah. so there are some legitimately funny parts in that movie, which is nothing we would not something we would have said about a Hallmark movie pre-2021 ever. Yeah. yeah. And but there's some people who are like, this isn't why I watch these movies. And other people are like, this is different screwball comedy, really funny. I'd yeah. love to hear like just about filming that and it being the only Hallmark experience you had. You know, it really I had auditioned for Hallmark movies previous and never really had any success. But when Holiday Date dropped into my lap, it seemed too good to be true. It really seemed like something. And, the, you know, d- the director, Jeff Beasley, came and, and he also directed made, made for Each Other. And he said, we're going to make this funny, like really kind of as as push it as much as we can, as Hallmark will allow us to go kind of big, goofy comedy with some moments. And I was like, great. I've never, ever, ever been even gifted the opportunity to like be silly and you know just a silly guy that's trying to make fun out of everything and jeff keeps moments alive so long that he's always searching for the comedy so every other take with him is like all right stay right there all right now say this and you say the line and he's like all right now say this try this say this talk about ham you're jewish talk about ham like and it's and it and it's a it's what it does is allow the actors to just be goofballs and then sometimes it's terrible it's not good and it's not going to make the cut but sometimes <laughs> you know something comes out and, and you got to have that freedom to be embarrassingly silly while trying to find the thing that's just perfect you know you gotta as an actor you got you have to not care what anybody thinks sometime like you just got to put it out there even though i know what i'm about to say is so silly and terrible i got to try it because it might work in somebody else's perspective the way you guys see yourself the way i see my myself is not the way everybody else sees you guys or sees me you know what i'm saying always that out out outsider input helps and jeff beasley's a guy that's like let's be funny try this i'll you know we'll rewrite it in the moment and you know that crossed right over into you know Jeff called me for made for each other. And he goes, we're going to get the opportunity to do this again. We're going to get the opportunity to lean into the comedy, like, and really have fun for it for Hallmark. And Hallmark has found their golden goose and Jeff Beasley and, and Joey Plager, the, the executive producer, these two guys get that, like, you know, kind of silly, but also that very heartwarming Hallmark movie, but with this, like, you know, kind of bigger comedy than we're used to. And, and I'm, I'm just, grateful to be part of it you know i always like to play the joke with the heart with the heartfelt it's nice to have the heavy drama and the love and the kiss and the romance 
but it's also funny to giggle out of those moments. Yeah. And that's what we all need. You know, at this point in life, we just need to be laughing a little more. Yeah. I love it. We, we try to avoid, uh, Tra- trailers for these movies go in relatively blind. We do do a preview show every month where we just read the synopses for the yeah, movies. I've not seen a trailer, but we've read this the synopsis. synopsis was one that we were like, what in the world follows a sculptor who uses magic to create her ideal man and bring him into reality. Is it weird science? Is that what we're doing, Matt? I mean, I am, you know, weird science was my ringtone for like five years. <laughs> I, 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 um, we are doing something like that. And when I first read it, I said the same thing, right? I read the, the Jeff, the director called me and I goes, what, what's the movie? And he goes, all right, here's like the basic pitch, but we're going to shift some things around. And he goes, so this girl's looking for the perfect guy and she's a sculptor and she teaches a class. So she sculpts her image of perfection in this guy. And I go, Hey buddy, I, I know you haven't seen this since before the pandemic. <laughs> Uh, it's been three years and I've been at home eating cookies. So my abs, I got to just do some push-ups and some sit-ups. And he goes, don't worry. You're not the hot guy. You're the one she settles for. And I go, uh, <laughs> yeah, that 4.6540 is not getting any better. No. <laughs> and, she, and he goes, and I go, wow, that's amazing. And Jeff, I have to also say thank you in this moment, because for the first time in my career, now at the age of 40 with a son and all these things, I am the guy not taking my shirt off. I am the guy that's trying to, you know, chase his own thing. And we find romance because she sees all the imperfection in me. And I thought, how can you not fall in love with the opportunity to play imperfect, right? Like everybody on TV, we think they're perfect. And this guy like is, doesn't wash his hair or dress well and should have been a lawyer. And he's like, you know, he he's, he's not perfect, but he's, he's, He's perfect in his pursuit of happiness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's more attractive than that? Like this moment right now with you guys, I'm enjoying because we're all happy. There's nothing more attractive than happiness. And so that was a that was a unique experience to not be, you know, the so-called hot dude, not to take anything away from Aaron O'Connell, because Aaron O'Connell's performance as the character Clay is by far. His name's Clay. That's great. (laughs) That is I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all in now. And guys. I know as goofy and as funny as we can try to be, Clay is my favorite character I've ever seen in a movie. Wow. wow. Stop selling that. It's Bro, a- and I'm not and I'm not just talking BS here. I'm talking like, you know, like I'm a fight club guy. I like Brad Pitt. I like these crazy dark movies. Clay is the most lovable, most naive, most perfect. He's almost like the Tin Man and the Scarecrow had a very handsome love child, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> if he only had a brain type thing and he's a little oh. the real ways of the real world but man it's it's he's well, so endearing in it to juxtapose that it's a good thing they found a real uggo like you matt <laughs> right? I, like it's a good listen it's you know we brain and i wouldn't qualify <laughs> you know, <laughs> just uh square jaw former football player uh yeah, yeah matt can do it matt, matt can be the can ugly the, the guy that finds happiness outside of his appearance um it's a real stretch for all of us at home yeah listen i i'll take it and if i had i think if i had some some smiley some smiley good comedy and and i could host a hallmark podcast then you know we'd have to switch positions you know but listen we all have our roles in life this is we do we all all have our cross to bear Uh, before we do uh, rapid fire, I do want to touch on probably the most important project in your life, which yes. is a podcast that you're doing with your son. 
Oh my gosh. Tell, tell me about it. Tell me about this and how, how first, you guys started that. First, can I just do this guys as a guy that, that really um, appreciates hard work and, and, and doing the, the, the homework of doing interviews and stuff. Well done on your research because I don't even really advertise that podcast that much. Cause I really want it to be his thing. Yeah. It's just become fun for me because I'm, it's what it is, is a forced 20, 30, 40, however long minutes with your son locked in a podcast studio going, we didn't prepare anything to talk about. What do you want to talk about? And it's nice to see a seven-year-old brain work. And, a, you know, yeah. it's just, he's, he wants to talk about Minecraft and Super Mario and these different things that I'm into, right? Super Mario's got this resurgence of life now, but I came up on it when I was his age, seven, That's eight, right. nine, ten. Now it's all new again with the Chris Pratt movie and Super Nintendo Land here in, in Hollywood and blah, blah, blah. And so we just talk about stuff. And I think if it grows into something massive, great. If it is just what it is, like we have, you know, as we're getting some like product placement, some people interested in sponsoring us, but I'm like, before you do it, send us your products. Let's see if it's something he wants. I'm really making it his thing. You know, yeah. that's what we call it. MC on the mic. You can see it's, it's not lit up, but it's, there it it's is. Oh, yeah. because I want Love it to that. be like the ability to be Matt Cohen or Macklin Cohen on the mic. And so, Love it. Yeah, there's going to be days where I just get in here and I'm ranting, right? I'm ranting some adult stuff to some guys out there that want to hear me talk about my struggles in the gym. But most of the time, it's going to be him and I doing something fun, talking about something weird, likely him giving Arby's a plug that they didn't pay for or ask for. <laughs> because my five, kid, five roast beef sandwiches for $10, man. Just, I, I don't know what else. Like They have the meat. It doesn't make sense. Oh he goes like this, bro. He's we're in, we're in the thing and we'll have like a lull in the conversation and he'll just look at the camera and he goes, Arby's, we have the meats. And I'm like, buddy, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and he's never even had Arby's, which is the funny thing. <laughs> That's the best part. He sees the commercials on TV for Arby's and he thinks it's the funniest thing. So now on every podcast, he basically is giving Arby's all free ads. Yeah. He won't keep his mouth closed about it. So we're apparently we are too. here too. Apparently so we are too. Arby's so really it's all good. We're going to do yeah. an episode of the podcast where I take him to Arby's and I give him like oh. one of everything, like a beef and cheddar, a pie. <laughs> curly fries. Got to get the curly fries. Got to get the curly fries. fries. Uh, That's fantastic. Use promo code deck at checkout. But uh, <laughs> listen, Matt, uh, the, the question, the thing about that podcast that's so great is, is even if no one listens, you now have an audio diary to give your yeah. kid when he's an adult. And that is like priceless, like legitimately yeah. priceless. That's amazing. That's so cool. I'm, I'm like, yeah. I, I have twin six-year-old boys and oh, that, beautiful. that is something that I would love to do. I think that's a great idea. I have two boys too. And all like our kids come in the studio and they sit down and they like play yeah. radio with these mics and we know they're close to like being able to do something about, fun like yeah. that with them. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Little Deckers. It's little Deckers. That's exactly <laughs> Dude, right. So cool. And, and, and you know what, like it's, it's cause of, it's cause of the landscape of Hollywood or, or making entertainment has changed so much that if there's any inkling of interest in it, now's a really good time to just, Hey, here's a YouTube channel. Let's make some content like between an iPhone and a computer everybody could really make something fun. And it, we've seen what we've accepted, right? Like we've accepted all levels of production out there as entertainment at this point, it can be minimally produced and maximally produced. We still like it. So to give the kid a, a creative outlook and say, Hey, look, here's a couple of rechargeable lights. Here's my old iPhone. It's got a camera on it. I raced all the other apps. I can't do anything but film on it. And then to watch their little brain go, Oh, whoa, if I move the light like this, his face looks different. And if I change the light, Dude, it's so 
fulfilling to me to see a young mind. Like I was never gifted that opportunity. I was like, go to school. You're going to get a nine to five. This is how the world works. It's, you know, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. You can make anything you want. You have an idea. You can serve it up to people. You can artistically create anything you want. And I think that's fascinating for young people. And it really, it takes their mind from going, okay, cartoons and video games to what if I make cartoons and video games? And that's that's a hard thing to do as a parent. So you got to try to figure it out. And I've watched this, these 12 episodes of the podcast, make his mind go, Hey dad, what can we make? And that's Mm. what you want. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. Rapid fire. Let's rapid fire. I love it. We each get to ask you three questions uh, about anything. So very different than what we've been doing. What we've been Um, doing. Dan, I'll let you go first. Your favorite Steven Spielberg movie. I mean, it was E.T. until I saw the Fableman. Good gosh. It's great. It couldn't. Dude, again, uh, you guys are dads. So I know I'm talking to the right people. (sighs) When, When you watch the story of kind of like what we just talked about the development of a young mind wanting to create something Mm. it's so real it's like all we have is like breathing air and then our want to make things you know it's Mm. like how we got here right now and so man i'm all for the fablemans so good no 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 you know i'm not taking anything away from et but man the fablemans really was an unexpected spielberg hit to me like i thought it was good it's one good. of his best, if not his best. His best. So good. It's almost like he's still, he's still got it. He's still got it. it. Um, <laughs> or as a, as a podcaster now, do you listen to many podcasts uh, yourself? And if so, what do you, what's your, what's your jam right now? Listen, I do. And I lean on the comedians. Like I like to listen to an irritated Bill Burr talk <laughs> about sports. Um, I like to listen to, you know, some of them are a little R rated and for an older audience, but like there's Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer have two bears, one cave, which mm-hmm. is very rated R. I don't recommend that for these viewers, but it is funny. <laughs> Go um, for it, man. And I like, I, you know, I really, I'm a comedian guy. So I like, I eavesdrop on Theo Vaughn. I, any, any comedian that's talking, I always find interesting. So that also led me to like really wanting to do some justice to this role and made for each other, which is it's, we all know how hard it is to be a clean stand-up comedian. There's so yeah. very few that have done it on a high level, but they're so good. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love any comedian's podcast. Um, Smartless, there's a Jason Bateman yeah, podcast. Smartless is really fun. Yeah. And and deck deck the hallmark may be one of my one of my new favorite ones because you guys are just like me and I feel like I could sit right on that mini table in between the two of you. Dude, we, we got a third chair. We got a third chair right, right over here. There. We so do. We can zoom that you. thing out and just bring it. I back. know you're always coming to Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. It's yeah, a lot of interviews. For, yeah, a lot of interviews for Entertainment Tonight in Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> a lot of them. I, I mean, mean you might might come to interview us for Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. Uh, Matt, your favorite meal in Los Angeles, your favorite meal out to eat in Los Angeles. Donuts, for sure. Yeah. Which uh, donuts, though? It's an important okay. question. There's a lot of donuts that I like, and I'm a, I have a real problem. Like, I, I got a real, real problem with donuts, which are just small hand cakes with holes in the middle. Like, I <laughs> I don't need a fork to eat it, which is a problem because I can eat it with my hand, which means I can shove it in this hole in my face faster. <laughs> I, I got a problem with donuts and, and I'm always trying to stay in shape, but man, at 40 donuts taste better and better every day. Yeah. Um, donut friend is a really good donut shop. <laughs> donut friend. They have like custom Johnny cash type donuts that are all dressed up and stuff. But I also like the basic on the rush to work glazed donut from like a, a yum, yum donuts, which is a, yeah. it's like a Duncan type of place. And yeah. I don't mind it. It's, 
dude, I'm addicted to the, can I just grab that cake with my hand and then put it in my face? That's it. Yep. Now I'm leaving. Okay. See you later. I'm driving away, eating a cake. It's great. You know, like, I, I do think Matt and I are best friends secretly. <laughs> I'll be honest, honest, man. We do a lot of interviews. There's not enough uh, guys from LA. that are talking about yeah, donuts. It's always like sushi, sushi and BS like that. <laughs> Listen, my guys over here lying. talking about the, the, the way to my heart. They're all lying. He said, <laughs> they're all telling lies because this is what's happened to Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood has put out this this narrative that guys got to do sit-ups, push-ups, and eat sushi all the time and meditate. It's not true. You can wake <laughs> up late. You can wake up late, have too much coffee and four donuts, and then take a nap till noon, and then wake up, start your day, and figure it out. You can eat Let's sushi go. <laughs> I, I had a – have you heard a – And song? you're running for president, yes? That's right. That's <laughs> right. Cohen, you guys are running with me. That's right. Oh, my I had God. sidecar donuts. Have you heard of sidecar donuts? Yes. Man. Delicious, just so good. Yeah. But donuts are a big deal in Los Angeles. Like so many different places, like donut donut store, like on every corner. I feel donuts like. should Whenever. be a big deal everywhere, man. <laughs> should I mean, be. It's like it's a forkless cake. Like you just right. grab, you grab yeah. it and go. And should you need to give somebody a thumbs up and you got to curl all your fingers in, you, you just, just boom right, on your thumb. right through. You're good to go. Thumbs <laughs> like up, ready. Snack cake. It's we're a, big, most we're big Krispy Kreme people. We're big Krispy Kreme people here, Matt. Like the, the 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 glaze waterfall, it goes through the waterfall. They pull it hot off the line, and it just melts in your mouth. The, I, I can eat a dozen of them. They're listen, so good. Listen, you can call me a sick, twisted man, but you can roll, roll me right down that conveyor belt and just cover me in glaze. <laughs> and I would be, yeah, be just you're, happy. You're not the ugly guy anymore. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, we're you're from Florida. I'm from Florida originally. Um, there's only one correct answer to this. Do you miss Florida? (laughs) (laughs) Um, listen, I'm grateful for Florida. Let's leave it at that. Sure, I'm grateful I was brought up in the twisted backwards screwed up way i was because i saw things that i never now i know i don't ever want to see again that being said florida's also incredible it's a great state full of a bunch of wacky weird people and that's no offense all those wacky weird people are the people i grew up with and my family so you know it is what it is but florida's got the the beautiful coast and the and all the islands down south and the keys and then my, uh, you know, Florida State in the panhandle and a, and a bunch of great football rivalries as you go down the state. Um, I don't miss it. It's too hot. The raindrops are too big. The mosquitoes sound like indie cars. And once you've had a cup of boiled peanuts, you've had all the boiled peanuts. Now, so now, that, now I got to stop you. Before uh, I'm a huge boiled peanuts guy, and I got to stop you there. But before then, that was a really good Hollywood no, man. Are that you was a, a good Hollywood no. Boiled peanuts guy, or are you a traditional boiled peanuts? Traditional guy? boiled peanuts. I'm talking wow. like mushy, salty. Brian, I make them at my house in a crock I mean, pot. Yeah, crock pot, slow cooker with yeah. a lot of like spices. Put a crab boil in there. Ooh. I mean, gosh, I, my mouth's watering just thinking about boiled peanuts. Yeah, I, I actually so want to. I actually want to retract that statement that said once you've had all the boiled peanuts, you, you, you like I, everybody needs boiled peanuts. The last boiled peanuts I had was a real letdown because somebody from Florida brought me a can of boiled peanuts. No, oh, no, I was like, no this no, isn't no, the no. same. The boiled peanuts I came up on in Miami, funny enough, were a twist on boiled peanuts. So it was a, a Cuban guy made it in his crock pot and it was Cuban spices. Let's go, oh, bro. Whew. 
Mm. Game changer. If you have never had Cuban coffee, put some Cuban coffee in your life and you'll realize these people are living on another, another. Yes. yes. Dude, Cuban coffee is great. A colada Ooh. is great. Like yes. I, Matt and I, when are we, hang, Matt and I are hanging out. I'm, hanging I'm, I'm, I'm here. here. Come South on. Um, last, last question for me. What's the uh, guilty pleasure is a bad term. If you like it, you like it. But what's the thing you're watching on TV, on Netflix or whatever, that just is like your turn your brain off or do some laundry or whatever TV show? It's called Blown Away. And I wouldn't dare do laundry because my <laughs> eyes looking at folding a shirt would take me away from these people, these glass blowers. If you guys. Oh, seen, yeah, I've watched yeah, Blown Away. Yeah. I, I don't even know what I'm watching. <laughs> But I'm so invested in these people, their relationships, their skill set, and so is my wife and kids. So it's a show we can all watch. Oh, that's together. fantastic. She's into it because she likes the the women glass blowers are competing against the men. It's a very even plane. Yeah. I yeah. like it because they're blowing glass. I don't get it. And my kid likes it because he's like, wait, that's glass. And it's just this whole, it's a good family moment. And they got a bunch of episodes. The people they've cast on the show as, as judges and contestants are really fantastic. Very interesting, very eccentric. It's a fun show. And do you ever feel they started with the, the idea of, of calling it best and blow and worked backwards from there? <laughs> Because I, I do. You can't. I want to just say all rights reserved to Deck the Hallmark. There's a new show maybe coming soon um, that you should make that show because that's a title good enough to make a show. I, that's right. I think you. we get thousands of listeners just on the title. Yeah. I'd be, be very, very disappointed. The first episode, very we would definitely very, have a few listeners. For, for uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my last question is uh, where's somewhere you, you want to go that you haven't been? Um. That's a good one. I uh, my I want to go to Ireland. I haven't been to Ireland. Nice. My wife and kid want to go there. She's got Irish roots. I got some Irish roots. So we want to check out Ireland. But I don't know anywhere. I just like going places. You know, like I love being home. But I'm like, man, if I could go anywhere with an adventure with my wife and kid, my you know, they're my my two best friends. Like, let's do it. I don't pick a place. We'll have a good time. You know, let's go. Well, yeah. Um, Matt, it's been great talking. You're a to treasure, you. sir. It's been great. It's Wonderful. been a lot of fun. Made for each other is uh, premiering this Saturday yes. uh, on the Hallmark Channel. Watch that. Um, apparently, there's a, a, a sculpted fellow named Clay, and that's then some, worth, that's worth and then right and there. then you know whatever Matt's, Matt's doing. Matt's gonna go out there Matt, too. Yes, Matt's there as well. <laughs> uh, Matt, it's been a lot of fun, and may we be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yes, it can't come soon enough. I can't. Deck wait the Hallmark Jam podcast is produced by Aaron Shea. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on the Deck the Hallmark family, you can go to bramblejamplus.com. Deck the Hallmark is presented by Philo TV. For a free trial of Philo, go to philo.tv slash DTH. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here in the old studio. Thanks for listening or don't listen. It's really up to you at this point. It's at the end of the show. I mean, you're listening to me. Hi. But here they come. I promise they're coming. Yep, here they are. Happy day.